With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Streaming on Peacock. It's the girls' trip of a lifetime. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Oh my God, a stingray! Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's a party now. And there's no party like a housewives party. I don't give a f- You're not a girl's girl. Why would you say that? Find out what happens when the forecast brings sunshine and a whole lot of shade. You are so self-absorbed. It's crazy. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now. Only on Peacock. Right, okay, are we, are we in? We're ready to go. Uh, welcome to another live edition of the Arsenal Opinion podcast. Um, we had a good go on video last time, like numbers through the roof, like in the millions. Like Robbie from <laughs> Arsenal Fan TV, watch out because uh, the Arsenal Opinion is uh, We're coming is, for you. Yes, is taking over, but once a week uh, on a Sunday and not very vitriolic. Um, but we should be getting vitriolic today, guys, because we've just witnessed... Um, it's not a blip. It's um, it's the start of the beginning of our annual five-six game atrocity run um, that, that will happen. Um, we've seen this before. Arsenal lost today against Bournemouth. Super, super depressing. Uh, how are you feeling? Top level. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was depressing, and I didn't see it coming to be honest, because it was Bournemouth, and uh, normally you see us. Uh, have a bit of a response to a terrible result. So we had that r- terrible result crashing out the FA Cup last week and you thought that we would see a, a positive response this week, but we didn't. And when you look at our away form all season, it shouldn't really be a surprise. Yeah. Curtis? Um, it, was, it was definitely one of those... Uh, uh, it was just depressing, wasn't it? You, you went into that thinking like, okay, well, you know, no disrespect to Bournemouth, but like you went into a thing like, all right, well, we should be able to do this. It should be something that like can help boost us up a little bit, you know, just to get a little bit more flow going. And uh, I mean, even just like that first 15 minutes were just diabolically dreadful. Like, ugh. 
It was terrible to watch. Yeah, but I do think it's important. Um, a lot, a lot of Arsenal fans are like, ah, oh, you know, this is this is kind of the final straw. I've not seen this before. But exactly the same thing happened this time last year when we went on a horrendous <laughs> run of results. Um, and the year before. Yeah. yeah. And the year and before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the year before that. The, yeah. I think the only thing that kept us, uh, no, I can't say from ending it all. That's uh, unpc. <laughs> but I think the only thing that um, that 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 kept us afloat last year was a, a couple of rough wins uh, at non-league sides mm. um, and that FA Cup win. But we don't have an FA Cup to lean on um, this year. Um, and next game is Palace. It's Palace on it's Saturday. Palace, Sunday, yeah. and that's going um, to be tough. Um, and then we've got Chelsea at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the, the last opportunity to save our season really <laughs> is looking like a League Cup where we've got to beat Chelsea uh, in a in a decisive game, or and then Manchester City, mm. so we're going to get so, yeah, through easy few weeks, no danger. Easy, easy few <laughs> weeks. So we're going to get we're going to get through a few things um, today. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about individual uh, averageness. Who like who who won the award for the most average performance um, today? Uh, then we're going to talk about the the issues that we had with the team at large. Um, then we're going to talk about the exits because. Um, that's that's hotting up as we speak, and actually, um, what seems to be going off on the feeds at the moment is there is potential of an incoming striker um, mm. that, that might soothe the impending Alexis uh, exit. Um, and then we're going to talk about in that. yeah, and then we're, <laughs> then we're going to talk about uh, w- what's next for Arsenal because I think there's the what would be next if Arsenal were a normal football club. Uh, that played by the same rules as everybody else. And then there's the reality. Mm. Arsene Wenger is not going anywhere. He's probably not going anywhere this summer. So what do we do to get through these next 18 months? So with that, let's... uh... Yeah, can we... I think one of the most interesting points is something that I don't think has actually been brought up that much um, because we've just sort of been bumbling along in typical Arsenal fashion. But uh, it's just really come more to my attention now and that is how bad our away form is mm. how bad because i know yeah. we've sort of been going oh yeah we've got to improve away from home so here's a statistic no win away from home for us you know, against any club currently in the bottom eight of the premier league wow. no win one win in seven matches yeah now and that was at palace just before christmas, before christmas against yeah. teams now ranked 10th to 20th <laughs> so we things are things are really bad, and um, and I think it was our incredible home form up until we played Manchester United at the beginning of December that managed mm. to paper over at the cracks. But now that we've seen uh, the home form disintegrate a little over December, uh, it makes that away form uh, all the worse, really. So. I completely agree. Like we're not even uh, like Arsenal usually has one or the other, doesn't he? Yeah. G- good, good home record, <laughs> or, good or, away, or a yeah. good away record, or a good calendar year. Mm. Like there's always something for him to lean on, but he's yeah. he's kind of running out of those bits now. So I don't know where to to start, but let's let's start at the beginning today. Uh, big talking points before the game. Uh, Meza Özil out again yeah. with a mysterious um, knee injury, uh, and Alexis Sanchez. Uh, he trained. Um, he trained before the game, mm-hmm. so he was fit, um, not not available. Uh, and I think that that was a smart move because we saw what happened with Chamberlain when we played him against uh, Liverpool before he eventually made the move over to Liverpool. So straight away, how do we think the loss of those two players 
impacts the morale of the team? Like, is there a like? Is it unfair to expect uh, that team to play at the highest level when they're you know they're they're two leaders, they're two on pitch leaders aren't available? Do you feel like it it like within that team structure? You know, obviously, I mean, to the surprise of everyone watching this, that neither three of us have been on a Premier League side before. No, but if we were, do you think that that loss feels like? You know, like almost like the personal loss of like a like a like a like a, like a, a relative or like a boyfriend girlfriend, like that relationship where like you just feel like everything's just kind of off today. You know what I mean? Like they're not with us. It's so tragic. Like it just feels like you're just like you're missing something. And to me, they they just didn't even look like themselves with with without those two today. So, Matt, do you, do you think that that sort of thing should be affecting professional football that's paid exorbitant <laughs> amounts of money? Well, I think the money is sort of irrelevant. Yeah. And because everyone will always say, oh, they get paid this much. So, you know, it's a bit like I think a closer parallel is when you're working with people. That's what and, I was going to say. And, yeah. and what your professional environment yeah. is like. And if you're working with people and you've got a pretty hard project or a pretty hard piece of work to do and you're working with a load of people who aren't turning up. Yeah. Literally cannot be fucked. Then, and one of the leaders of your team is gone. Then like, there, there is a point where yeah. you basically go, well, if they can't be fucked, then why am I going to bother? Yeah. There's just that sense that it just creeps in. And, and yes, your personal sense of professionalism should keep going and the fact that you're earning a ton of money, but it's undoubtedly having an effect, yeah. What does that say about the leadership qualities within the squad? Because not... because. Uh, if you're working on a project yeah. and you're younger mm-hmm. and the two big dogs move to another agency, yeah. uh, I would see that as an opportunity to shine Yeah, well, you know, and I, take a bit of the limelight, take on some leadership, get I, everybody up for it. I was going to say, like, you know, I, I feel like that that's definitely an opportunity. And I, and I feel like I feel like with any leader, though, you, you know, I mean, I, I think that one, there creates a vacuum where you're you're used to relying on. And you might have – I felt like today, for me, I felt like you saw whether they, they had fully great games or not. You, you, saw, you saw Bellerin really trying to, like, really make some, make, make some moves today. And for, for his mistakes, you even saw a holding that looked like he was completely, completely involved. And now these, these guys aren't leaders, but I feel like they were really doing what they could to step up today, right, in their absence. I think that – with that, you know, those those two central figures were such are such leaders in within our um, starting eleven that you take them out, and today is not going to be the day that they're just going to be able to like suddenly make their leadership show. I think I think that those those things are going to take time. Like you can't. I don't think leaders just happen overnight. And you know what I mean? I think the other thing to note is uh, there's probably all these different. There probably are different groups within the Arsenal squad. And I think that the people who are going to be most disheartened by Ozil Sanchez leaving will be the older players, the sort of Kishelnys, Monreals, uh, Ramsey, Stark, Welbecks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people who are a little bit older yeah. because they're going to look at these guys moving on to mm-hmm. bigger and better things in reality right. and going, well, I've got to now. It's definitely not going to happen here. I've got to think about my move and, and what I'm going to do. So I think there's less of an opportunity for those players. I think the ones who really won't care are the, uh, the Maitland-Nileses, the Willocks, the Reese Nilsons. They'll be like, great, ship them out. So yeah. I'm going to get close what, to the what, first team. But what about uh, Granite Jacker? When he moved over to Arsenal, mm. the big media narrative was this guy is a leader. When his mum and dad 
had a spare key. It didn't go to the older brother. It went to Jacker because yeah. he knew how to lead. Where have those leadership qualities gone? Sitting at the base of midfield, we were expecting big things from him. Yeah, you know, like I said, I wonder if, you know, you have to ask yourself, is there a psychology? What What is that dressing room like in the regards that up until now, those leaders have been so, um, uh, those leaders have been so present that like and and who knows well, who was the last leader that you thought was present at arsenal well in your like in all honesty who would you say is the is the standout leader of the last 14 years because it's 14 years since we were invincible oh you mean oh we've had a few <laughs> collectively you know no, i mean well, i think like, arteta, I'm just saying, like, arteta was a leader yeah I, um i i actually think that murder sacker was a great leader yeah i think that uh i think that kishelny's coming around with it i i you know it's like he wears the armband but like i i think that you know, I think that he's a leader, but we don't have those leaders that we used to. But but I, I'm still talking about that psychology, the dressing room. Who is who is in the dressing room that like kind of figure that could possibly like? And again, you can say this with like the, the the wages of these professional footballers. But like, who in the in the dressing room is that personality? That is that bit of that intimidating like senior role, right? That is yeah. like that makes the others like a little bit timid to stand up. Where now, if if those roles were to leave. Yeah, I think the closest person we have got to that is Sanchez. Yeah, oh, I know. Because, well, exactly. Because, <laughs> because whether you like it or not, he has got incredibly high standards and, uh, and he is uh, very demanding of, of his teammates. And, uh, you know, we're really going to miss him. Yeah. So I, 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 I was following what you were saying, Kurt, mm. that you, you can't just fill yeah. the, the void right now. So there is a, there's a power vacuum in the dressing room yes. now, uh, and I'm assuming that Alexis is a is a leader through presence yeah. versus uh, oh, like, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. like a like a bond. Like you, yeah. you, you either lead by example, or you lead because you know you're a, a Gary Neville type character. Yeah. Who can fill that void? Is it Jack? Is it Kashoni when he comes back? Is it is it Giroud? You know, who's the who's well, the I leader think, moving forward? Because we need to find someone. It's funny. I, like I personally and. and People, I, I might get slated for this right now, so I'm going to watch the, the social media just to say, I think that Jack could be that, that role. But the problem with Jack is that his fitness. Like, when right. you, you see Jack, and he, like, one, he works his arse off, right? When, when he's fit. You know, he's, he's constantly trying to get stuck in, and he's trying to do his thing. And, and he's, you can tell that amongst his teammates, he's, he's that likable character. He's always trying to kind of, like, point and direct people. And I think that he could be that character. The problem for me with Jack is that he just – he's never consistently an Arsenal player long enough <laughs> well, over uh, the last few if you, if you look at the, the previous seasons, Jack fits the bill perfectly. Absolutely. Uh, Arteta mm -hmm. never played. Yeah. Mertesacker <laughs> never played. Uh, who was who? Vermaelen. Vermaelen. A whole season he was captain, yeah, yeah. and he didn't play. And we'll, and we'll come on to it a bit later. But I think uh, I think the only way that Arsene Wenger can get Arsenal fans on side is to basically go. The 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 era of this current team has now come to an end. We're starting a new era. Mm. I will probably not be the coach for the duration of it, but I'd like to kick it off, and it's going to be a homegrown era, and we're going to have. Maitland-Niles, Reese Nielsen, Willock, uh, all these guys, Jack Wilshire, Aaron Ramsey, and we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do Project Youth 2.0 because that's the only way that you could I feel like you could get excited again right now mm. because we're how many points we're nine maybe twelve point uh, eight or nine points off fourth now yeah. Liverpool we were five Liverpool like, won today yeah so we're eight points behind off fourth now. 
So that looks that's looking like a pipe dream at the moment. Yeah. So. Yeah, it definitely is a pipe dream. I, I think I, I thought that we might be able to, if we were within striking distance, maybe something could happen. But that I can't see where the surge is coming from, especially if Sanchez goes. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of uh, the the psychological challenges that the team are having, and I, I will refer back to Arsenal have a team psychology called Dave Priestley, who looks after like the mental toughness of players. And once again, we've given up a lead, then gone to complete shit against a super average side. So someone needs to be asking what Dave Priestley is doing behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, outside, uh, I don't know, motivational posters or whatever the fuck they do around the Arsenal training <laughs> ground. Um, but like on the pitch, like just pure, pure basics. Some of the defending today mm. was incredibly bad. Like the, um, the for the for Bournemouth's first goal, like four four defenders yeah. were were um, were pulled out wide. Uh, Petr Cech comes bounding out, um, misses the ball completely. Um, so there's 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 no trust between um, defence for the second goal. Like where are our midfielders like mm. hoovering up that loose ball? <laughs> I don't like I don't know how to create a conversation piece around consistently shite defending. Like what like what like what what's going on there? Like it, 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 do we need to hire like a, a, a new some new personnel to come in and help? Like well, Steve Bold came in and we all thought he was going to sort all this out. He was yeah, gonna be, like he's going to our defending is going to massively improve. We've got Steve Bold. I I would be amazed if Steve Bold is spending five minutes a week drilling this defense. I don't think anyone's drilling. Yeah, defense, you know, I, I've had. The, I feel like I had this conversation last season with someone because. The the promise of having you know Stevie Bold as you know like as as your defensive manager like that's that's going to be the guy that's going to sort shit out right and and you just have to wonder and and I'm not playing the the anti Wenger card but like does does Wenger just have him in like a like a leash and and not quite you know because we we know that under Wenger it he has always had that role where you 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 play from the back forward right and 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 that has always been smart but. But then why is there so much vulnerability in that back four? Like, what what are the drills they're doing? Or what are the drills they're not doing is kind and of what you were saying. The, the bit I don't understand is how it fluctuates. Yeah. Because it's not like these are these are these are, these are bad defenders. Mm-hmm. These, these are really, really good defenders. We just kept Chelsea. Yeah. We just kept Chelsea out and, of the bridge. And when they're focused... And they have a game plan. They can actually be really good as a unit. Yeah. As we've seen against Chelsea. And um, and Wenger said something very interesting after the Chelsea game. He said, the two teams know each other very well. So they find it quite... They actually, if they choose to nullify one another, <laughs> they manage to nullify yeah. one another. And that's sort of where you go, well, that's sort of what coaching's all about, isn't it? So you're telling someone exactly how this team's going to behave and you're giving them all the things they need to be able to nullify an opposition. And I just don't understand how you can put in defensive performances like we saw against Chelsea and then a few days later put in a defensive performance like you saw yeah. today. And, and, well, and, and it has, is it motivation? Is it? I think you've made a really interesting point um, after the last podcast that Arsenal can either attack really well or, or or defend really well, <laughs> but never both. Yeah, but never both. Mm-hmm. Arguably, today we didn't do either well. Yeah. Um, so we 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 found that we can do one or the other, or neither. Yeah. We just can't do both. Yeah, because <laughs> I guess that was the same against Forest. So, yeah. um, moving forward is 
the big like the alarm bells are really really ringing um because once again um we were toothless in attack um creativity was at a minimum mm-hmm. um lacazette uh, yeah. He's getting exposed. He is not fast and he is not strong. Yeah. And then our fast and strong striker, he like he's an Everton striker. Danny Welbeck, let's be honest, mm. Ever, like, Everton is his max out level. There's yeah. a reason that United sold him yeah. to us for 16 million. Like, I love <laughs> him. Like He has all the attributes to be an incredible striker. But the guy's 26. Yeah. Like, he, he, he should have recorded a 25, 30 goal a season um, At offering. least once, yeah. Yeah, and he's not done it. So, yeah. again, like what were the... Um, yeah. Like, what were your thoughts moving forward? Is it an Urzel issue? Is it, or is it just substandard attacking? Is, th- is there a reason that Arsene opted out of signing Lacazette for two or three seasons when he had the opportunity? Are we finding that out now? Or is he going to come good? Well, I think let's. Danny Welbeck, in my opinion, should not be playing, playing either right or left of a front three. If you're yeah. going to play him, he's got to be the focal Central, point. Yeah, yeah. And then if you're looking at squad composition, do you need... You either have him or you have a Giroud. Mm-hmm. You've got a fast, speedy player like a Lacazette. You've got... A, 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 you know, you've got to build a, a, like an armory of attacking... Different attacking options. And I just don't know what Danny Welbeck... Uh, really offers, and we've sort of got all these players who are very interchangeable, but none of them are actually the best at what they do in yeah. their particular position. Even Alexis, it, you know, he had his best season for us playing up front. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. why don't we just keep playing him up front and find? Well, that might be because he uh, might not play. One of one of one of the guys who writes for the Grove, um, Alex, uh, messaged uh, earlier, and he said, um, "Giroud, Welbeck, and Lacazette." combined would offer you like the elite mix that you need mm. but individually individually yeah but it just doesn't work the out some of the parts right? and I, 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 after watching the liverpool game earlier mm. my initial thought was to exist in the premier league as an elite striker um you need to be big yeah. you need to be fast and mm. you need to like have great technical skill but you can just be extremely fast and extremely technical. Like you can get away with two of those elements. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think City are proving that you don't have to be massive, but like you do have to have pace and you do have to be good on the ball. I look at Lacazette and I I, I can't see where the breakthrough is going to come because if it like the only way that you can make it work with Lacazette is if you put the ball exactly into his feet. That like he's run like he's not he's not fast enough to make the so good runs. Was, I mean, what, I kind of disagree. Really? Well, like I don't want to be like the overtly. This is a Legros podcast. <laughs> I'm disagreeing. What? <laughs> I, like I, I want to be that voice of, of challenge, right? Uh, like again, I don't think that he's he's not fallen into into his comfort zone yet. But I do see something in him that he, even though like I feel like he's he's definitely lost a lot of confidence over like the last four weeks, yeah. without a doubt. But I, I I have seen him up until that point finding his place into the spaces. Again, I said this on on the last uh, podcast we did. Was that like he's not that guy that's gonna f- that's gonna find that nice like beautiful strike from like you know from the corner of the box like you know and and, and get it in. He's no Robin. No, of course not. But what he had like when you look at the goals that he scored, he he always is is kind of like that poacher that finds himself like underneath someone somehow or another, and those are the goals he scored. So to me, I think that is very very interesting, and I don't think that that makes him. The way you describe it. I just it. remember how short-term every, everyone's got a goldfish memory as football fans, and it was you know beginning of December where he was looking great, and the Sanchez, Özil, Lacazette front three was being lauded as the answer we'd 
pushed put five past Everton. We've beaten mm-hmm. Spurs. Uh, we were, uh, you know, in a really good offensive place against Manchester United. Right. So it's amazing how in four weeks everyone's suddenly like, no, he's crap, he's useless. I think the answer is, yeah, he's lost confidence. But the yeah. whole team's lost confidence. Absolutely. And when the whole team's lost confidence, if you're a finisher you're the one who's going to be more effective than anyone else. Absolutely, so yeah. He will come good and he will score goals. And I think, you know, yes, he's not going to score 30 goals this season. And that's what we all expected because we spent £53 million on him or whatever it was. But, you know, if he gets 20 this season and something to build on, then, you know, that's, that's not a terrible start. It was interesting before the game that Arsene came out with a whole list of reasons he's not made it. He uh, he mentioned the the physical side of the game mm. um, flustered him mm. like be like when you get fouled it's quite often not a foul. Um, he mentioned he, he mentioned being mentally jaded from playing a lot of games. He said that Leon players don't often leave Leon. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's clutching Le- at straws. Le- Le- Leon are a selling club. <laughs> so that was that was. Um, that was that was really um, clutching the straws, but it, it, interesting that Wenger can obviously see the issues, yeah. and also interesting that at one point um, today, Welbeck and Lacazette switched out. Lacazette shoved out on the left, mm. and uh, and he offers more. He offers more physically, not in front of goal, but if you could combine those two into one player, I think you'd be in a better position. But the, he is he is a classy player. Mm-hmm. I think, like on the ball, like he brings people um, into the game, and I hope that it's just luck. But I just wonder his suitability um, in the Premier League. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if he will come good. Well, you know, I was I was just watching something on on um, like one of those like old Sky Sports, um, uh, whatever, whatever compilations. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they go back and it oh, was Sky Sports Gold. Yeah, those. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. Back to so, um, yeah, exactly, and. And um, when Thierry was talking about how, uh, you know, kind of like how everyone, like what everyone was, no, it wasn't Thierry. I think it was, it was yeah, yeah, no, it was Thierry. But it was just talking about how many, how many matches he'd gone before, he, you know, before he scored a goal. And, and now that, that's, you know, we're not comparing Thierry with, with Lacazette at this point. But, but where I'm going with this is like, you know, it, it takes something, I feel like, psychologically to find out that you are the leader and then once I feel like once you get that yeah. suit on, yeah. then you own it, right? I think that's a really interesting point because let's not forget Thierry Henry. And again, like you just said, we're, not, we're not comparing the two, but Thierry Henry didn't really do anything. And then he scored two goals in I think November against Leeds United. It was after his eighth match, and it was and you know it was only then, and it was only actually in the second half of the season that he started scoring goals. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then he ended up scoring twenty five because he couldn't stop scoring in the second half of the season. Then we went to the UEFA Cup final that year with him. So I think I think you're right. I think he just needs to hit his stride. Yeah, the difference is that the Arsenal team around Thierry Henry was a much yeah. even that team <laughs> that had like the Davos Sukas and was still a bit of a weird post Anelka trying to figure things out team. It still had a lot more quality and identity and structure than this one, mm-hmm. and and I think that's going to be. The, the the real thing about whether Lacazette is, is a success is how quickly we can get a settled team yeah. for the second half of the season. Because if we can get a settled team and uh, get a bit, get a bit of focus, we'll see the best of Lacazette. I think. I think I wrote, I wrote in the summer, um, Morata, Lukaku, and Lacazette. Like I'm not sure the Premier League has really moved the needle with those signings, and all three of them 
are having their ups and downs mm-hmm. yeah. um, this year. I think the only the only uh, call out that I would have on Thierry Henry is he was much younger. Well, fair like, and and yeah. he wasn't he wasn't a, a fifty three million pound. When you spend fifty three <laughs> million pound, you can't be saying, well, you know, give him a year, well, no, give him say, a, you know, say, eighteen but months. But inflation, we could just call that inflation, yeah. now, right? You know, it's like was, unfortunately yeah. that's what you pay for. I think uh, that's about right. I think yeah. it's what twelve million then is fifty million now. Yeah. I think I, I'm just doubling down on my view. No. At the start of the year, yeah. I wasn't sure that he was the full ticket. And, Fair enough. And we're in January, and I'm still not sure. But um, talking of individual performances. Yeah. Um, We've done a lot about the team and the psychology. Uh, if there was an award for blandest individual performance of the day, Matt, who's taking who's taking your trophy home? I think I would have to give it to Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've just given him so many chances, and we've allowed ourselves to be satisfied with a lot of endeavor and effort Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're now getting to the point where you just got to go you're not good enough you're just not good enough and i don't think there's anything more to come from him um and it's just sort of it's just even he just i don't know his finishing is so appalling Mm. that even the goals he scores look like accidents looks like so i just think that with him up front we're 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 always going to struggle his his main role is playing in a tough away game and offering an outlet and someone to battle with central defenders and hold up the ball. I just don't see it as uh, see him as a as a viable option to take us to. And, and to get to. as Arsenal fans, we accept that we're like he came on, he didn't score, but he ran around a lot, and we applaud that. That's how poor things have got. Curtis, who would your uh, bland award go to <laughs> today? Many um, choices, many choices. You know, it it's. It's it's funny because I'm I'm trying to just think of individually all the performances and I mean almost to your point like even a Wo- and and I know we talked about Awobi last week but even Awobi looked more interesting moving around and in, in uh, you know near the front today and great assist as well yeah yeah and and Rave I, I, I try to I, <laughs> Rave Wobi I try to I try to really big up Welbeck a lot of the time but it, it was just so. Like when you have somebody big like that in the front, your job is to be creative and to try to to really make something right. And and we could argue that like okay, he's not really getting any good service sent up there, which is which is fair. But like, yeah, to, to me, I would. I Nor would. did Alexis last year. People keep on saying well, Lacazette's not getting the service. It's like Sanchez hasn't been getting the service for uh, like his whole career there, and he's assisting he and he's creating yeah, goals out of nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I. I I hate to be the agreeing person this time, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Welbeck as well, unfortunately. I'm going to go with Petcek. Uh, not, not because it was an exceptionally bland performance, but it was just a typical bland performance. Mm. I don't understand how a goalkeeper of that experience um, can consistently make such... It's not... They're not even... They're, today was a bad mistake, mm. but they're usually just kind of bland mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, we need to be moving him on uh, at the end of the season. And he's consistent hoofing of the ball. Um, Curtis, you mentioned earlier that Arsenal teams like to play out from the back. Not with checking goal, no. we don't. It, he, his first instinct is always to smash it as far as he can <laughs> to a small striker. Mm-hmm. Um, again, really, really disappointing. Uh, really disappointing leadership from him. But it, it does it does come back to the, the overarching point. Um, when you come to Arsenal, you stop being coached. 
Yeah. You yeah. stop being coached. How many players come and we're like, well, this will this will be interesting, and then they completely regress. Mm-hmm. Only well, if we I sign mean, a true great players do they I don't, like, they kick I don't on. like to admit this, um, but there is something. We the, the warning signs were the fact that he agreed to come to Arsenal in the first place, because <laughs> because I know that sounds and look, we all. The reality is, he at the time was regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in True, the world. Yeah, and you know he's he played against Arsenal how many times? He he's got he knows the inside track on what happened to Arsenal, and he basically said, in my opinion, it's more important that my family, which is fine, and mm-hmm. not, my, it's more important that my, that my family are settled in London, and I don't have to uproot them. Mm. And I can stay exactly where I am, and I can and I can play first team football. I mean, let's but let's put it into a little bit of perspective. You're already you're already in the capital, right? And and you know it's, he could have gone elsewhere. He could have. Let's be honest. He could have gone somewhere else in London as well if he wanted to. But you know, at the time we were still a Champions League team. Yeah. Just saying. So it wasn't like he was just like, uh, well, it doesn't really matter. I'll just go to any shit club no, I in think London. He, he I, did at least pick. I know. just think he probably could have gone to a Juventus, or, or right, right, or, or maybe not Juventus, but like a because they've got amazing goalkeepers, but, <laughs> but a very good club yeah, yeah. with more of a chance of winning stuff. Oh, uh, Chesney, you know I, Chesney went to Juventus. I know. You know when I saw the difference in Czech today um, at the, at, I would say maybe about fifteen twenty minutes into the game, like he's kind of slowly walking forward with the ball. And who was it? Um, uh, the Bournemouth player slaps the ball out of his hand and like then kicks it into the goal. And shoved him over. Yeah. He was shoved over. I was I, like, that's like, that unbefitting of a yeah. man that big. I, well, first of all, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, we've really fallen that far that we've just been absolutely just like, you know, like absolutely no respect. We've just knocked the Arsenal no. goalkeeper down and kicked the ball into the goal. Which, if you recall, somebody like Robin Van Persie against Barcelona would have been sent off for that second yellow card. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. saying. But like, but at the same time, there was something that was just absolutely off about Czech. From like, I don't know if it was before that, but I noticed from that point on, it was just like, w- what's going on? Like something mentally. All these players that like we had, Troy Deeney and the. Cojones comment. We've got the Bournemouth players. Yeah, and we are like we're easy. They prey were dicks right now. today, though, weren't they? We're easy prey. Oh, well, I, I think that that's because you know you can get under well, the skin, right? Yeah. Few challenges. Are we so, back to being soft? Is that why? Is that why? You know, I th- I think I think it comes back down to what um, Matt was just saying. Sometimes you've got to question why a player comes to Arsenal. Özil. Mm. Because he had to Sanchez, because he didn't have any other options. But then he picked up his form, and now he yeah. is leaving as soon as he has the opportunity. Like, well, I have a lot of conversations with friends about Koscielny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something up with you if you want to stay at Arsenal and you have yeah. that much talent, right? You're you're a family man, yeah. And if you want to be a family man, fine. But you would hope that Arsene Wenger could recognise the people that are mailing it in on a consistent yeah. basis. Yeah. On the Arsene Wenger topic. Mm. So if uh, if it was any normal um, if it was any normal club, um, the, he'd, be, the, he'd be getting the boot really. He'd now. be done, Absolutely. wouldn't he? Lo- losing to Forest, losing to Bournemouth Cup, on a de- death spot. If he was the Stoke manager, he'd been sacked. Well, by yeah, him. our <laughs> record against the the bottom eight has yeah. been atrocious. Well, you'd be thinking the club would be saying, if we can make a change now, we can still get fourth. That's yeah. what most clubs who are fixated just even on not even on winning stuff just on champions league qualification yeah. we'll be saying they're saying it's january first week of january we can still get champions league if we get a new manager in and i know we're not going to do that but 
that would be that that would be the norm, wouldn't it? And we've got some great managers waiting in the wings. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carlo Ancelotti, Thomas Tuchel, uh, Luis Enrique, Tim Sherwood. <laughs> Tim Sherwood, he's, a good he's waiting there. You know that he's waiting there. He's probably got his CV Do ready. Do you think any? Would you like? Because Thomas Tuchel can't happen because we've just signed his arch nemesis as our head mm. scout. Carlo Ancelotti doesn't excite me. Whatsoever. He doesn't at all to I me. Mean, yeah, I don't see what the point of bringing him in between now and the end of the season would be. Uh, so uh, Luis Enrique, I can't see him managing anywhere other than. He was a Barcelona manager. I can't see him being a manager anywhere else yeah. ever again. No, it's like Zidane when he goes, he probably be, not coming he back. He won't, he won't be coming and managing. No. You know, right? Remind me, what was the Portuguese manager that was at Chelsea? Uh, Vespoas. I'd be curious what's going on with AVB because he's a, doesn't he? A, like, is, is like a, a Zenit. He's at Zenit, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I guess he is. I, you know, I found him interesting, and, and I applauded like when he first when he first took over. Uh, at Chelsea and like what he wanted to do, but like it was, it was, it was almost like that Manchester United kind of feel like too much old guard that like weren't going to change. Yeah. He you was know, you know, um, that was that was that era where you know those the players at Chelsea ran ran the show. But uh, yeah. but, uh, but from what I heard about him, uh, he was uh, he was a, a tower builder. He was an empire builder. Mm. So he tried to sack a lot of established coaches at Get Chelsea, mm. um, tried to bring in all of his own team, fell out with the players. I don't think he was very smart about the way he did it because Chelsea's a very infrastructure-driven yeah. organisation. Yeah. And especially after working with Mourinho, where they bring like 50 of their people, so yeah. it's difficult to fire them. Um, but the point, the point is that there are, that there are opportunities to hire managers if you want them. We're Arsenal. We can pick up anybody we want at any time. They don't have, like, you don't, like, it, 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 in advertising, you don't pick up the person that doesn't have a job. You pick up the person who's, <laughs> who's ruling He's got the like show. Seven jobs. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so there's opportunity there. <laughs> Shamil um, Maher says AVB is a Dakar rally driver now. <laughs> uh, so I think um, uh, the question is, if we're not going to move the manager on, what, what has to happen to see us through the end of the season? I think mm. the biggest question is, how much input are these people behind the scene having at the moment? Because our director of football starts on February the 1st, isn't he? He hasn't started. Yeah. Yeah. And is, the, is our Gazidis and Sven... Uh, talking around player acquisition and what the future is because you sort of hope that we're not going to let Arsene Wenger spank 100 million of transfer money on some on the wrong players right now and get bring more mediocrity in that's sort of the biggest worry isn't yeah. it that you just end up smashing 100 million on three players yeah. who, who are the next Iwobi, Welbeck and... <laughs> but did you think the, the bigger questions are what's going on? Like, What are these people that are paid huge amounts of money doing around Arsene Wenger? Mm. Why is nobody saying, like, Arsene, we've taken a great goalkeeper and he's shite? And the consistency in all of our rubbish keepers over the years... Old. I mean, that's, just... No, but, like, uh, Chesney's gone to Juventus mm. and he's killing it. Fabianski, yeah. I know he plays for Swansea, but he's still a yeah. better performing keeper than Czech... Uh, overall, and we've taken check, and he's regressed massively. What is it like? He conceded twenty percent of his goals at Arsenal over mm. two years. But that's not. That's not just his performance. That's the fact that Chelsea have got a defence that's functional, and we have. Right. No, but this, is, the, this is the point. At the time, they did have one no, of the best defences. Every, everybody in and around Arsenal knows that um, Jerry Payton is a shit show. He's mm. a terrible, terrible coach. Yeah. Why is he still there? Um, if we've got um, Steve Bold and he mm. can't sort out the defence. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I love I love Steve Bold. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine that he's got challenges there. But what, what's going on there? Like, yeah. who um, who's dealing with the the team psychologists? Like, who are like who is speaking to the people that work around Arsene and going, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. How is this consistently happening?" Because I, I, I just wonder about the decision making behind the scenes. Um, but things that could happen, we could channel. Uh, remember 08 when Thierry Henry left? Uh, out of bail. We could channel. No, you know, seen Keen on that. I do want to point out that uh, on, on the last podcast, somebody thought that I was actually. Remember, I talked about I was sad when all players leave Arsenal? Yeah. I, I need to rebuttal that and correct that, that I did not give a shit when Adebayo left. No, but I, I was talking about when Thierry left and Adebayo, yeah. they uh, like ch- channeled some of that spirit. Nobody thought that they'd make the top four and they made the top four. Well, yeah, I, I think it was Thomas Lincoln in the, in the Facebook right now who was talking about kind of that, that passing the baton. You look, at, you look at, and I think you were kind of talking about it on the last podcast as well. It's like from, from every, you know, you had that Vieira Adams period that like a lot of that passing of the baton almost stopped. It, like the, the people that came after them weren't, Kind of in the ranks while they were on their ways on their way out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so you know, I mean, you think about the people defensively that were back there, um, uh, people like um, uh, you know even Torre and and uh, um, <laughs> uh, even like Colatore and stuff like that. Like those those were the defensive players that were still kind of around towards the end of the Invincibles and things like that. But past that, like it, it I, I feel like almost. With the exception of of later on, like Van Persie and and uh, Adebayor and Fabregas and stuff like that, all those players are all gone now. So there was no real even passing of the baton to say like, okay, this is yours now, Daniel Son. You know, you must carry on. That that was so, my Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. So um, so we think it's going to be a struggle. Um, I think we've got a lot of transfer stuff to talk um, yeah. through, and I'm getting depressed talking about the same old things over and over again so mm-hmm. with that we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll take a, a break and then we'll we'll come back for part two all right but not if you're watching on facebook live uh thanks for joining we appreciate it who's got some questions um so that we can uh we can answer away Let, let's take a one second break take a one second break <laughs> and we're back uh right so uh we've got questions hi guys Realistically, how do you think uh, this end game for Wenger is going to go? That's from Mark. Uh, oh no! Yeah, oh, yeah, no, we are back live. Uh, I the been speaking to people in and around the club um, for years, and there's not a lot of hope that he's going to exit the club. So there, I think there are a few ways that this is going to end. The most, the most realistic way that it's going to end is Wenger's going to get to see out his final year. Um, the second way that I think that this could go really south uh, is uh, the backroom wranglings that will happen this summer. But we've signed a new director of football. We've signed a new head of recruitment. And there's going to come a point where uh, Sven, the new chief scout, says, we need to sign this player and we need to sign him right now. And they're going to buy a big player without seeking permission of Wenger. Wenger no longer has veto power over player recruitment. Mm. And the only thing that he loves more than money is power. And as soon as he's like, his power is being chipped away. And I think that's probably the most likely way, but I, I have a very, very, very much doubt um, that he's going to walk because he's got this belief that once football's over, death will visit him very soon. Like a lot of powerful men, when they lose power, yeah. they die because they lose, um, like they lose their purpose in life. 
Um, I, I very, very much doubt that Stan Kroenke is going to have the guts to pull the trigger on a, on a legendary manager in his last year. So I feel like we've either got to suck up 18 months or hope that, uh, that he doesn't like the, the new thing that's going on at I've Arsenal got right slightly now. slightly different. I was thinking about this today, and I think um, Wenger could have gone last year. I think it was very, very, very close. That, uh, and I think, in the end, he got saved by... Got saved by two things. He got saved by that run at the end of the season where he switched to a back three and we got ten wins in in eleven, uh, and he was saved by the FA Cup by beating Manchester City by beating Arsenal, and uh, and I think the difference now is we could have I think we in the next four to six weeks we could uh, go out the Carling Cup mm. and because even if we beat Chelsea I, I can't see us beating. Manchester City in the final. Yeah. We could lose our talisman. And if we went out the Europa League in the course of finals, I think the unrest uh, that would happen between... If we didn't get, if we didn't get fourth, we went out the Europa League, mm. we lost the Carling Cup, Alexis Sanchez left. I don't know if Wenger can weather that storm because he needs... He, you know, he always needs something to cling on to and he got it in the FA Cup win. Um, and, and and the performances that went into that and the city game, but I, I fear for him if uh, and if uh, if we don't get that. Yeah, you know, I I, I remember talking about this um, on some vodcast like back in last February or something like that, and there was that I I believe that I believe that deep down he stayed on and he resigned that contract because he was like, all right, listen, enough is enough. I'm going to sign one last two-year contract and I'm going to have a go at the league and I'm going to have a go at, you know, this and this and this and this. And to really and, – and to be honest with you, when he did that, though I was a bit – I was on the fence. I was like, well, I'll take him or leave him, right? I wasn't – I wasn't Wenger in, Wenger out. I was just kind of like, meh, whatever, right? And, and I thought that that was almost his sign that, like, we're going to do it this time and, and bang, bang. And I think that the absolute failure that has now come from that, I, I don't, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I don't know that there's anything saving the unrest that, that will come towards the end of the season. And I, and I tend to not be the doom and gloom guy, but it's, I mean, you know. <laughs> now you're the doom and gloom well, guy. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm not, but like, I just, I can't see, I feel like it will take a miracle. And, and I'm not like, we're not going to, I saw somebody earlier on saying relegated and stuff like that. Maybe. I love Arsenal fans, and they get maybe we just need to get relegated. No, we don't. Like that's just absolute <laughs> shit. Don't say that. But um, but I don't think that there's anything that's going to be able to. I said this at that point that I was mad. I was like, I don't think he's doing anything further to improve the club. And and now it actually looks like you know he's uh, what's he it and Jason Belfort from a Wolf on Wall Street in the scene where he's like packing his bags and then he goes up. He's like, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> That's us in Wenger. And you know what will happen? Like, we'll go on, there, there is always a path to elite mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Like, there's always a way in. So I don't, uh, I don't think that's over. We've got here, some more questions. Here's, here's just one question. So uh, I've been thinking a lot post-game this morning. And I think the really dangerous thing that could happen is that we could win the Europa League. Because if we won the Europa League or the Carling Cup, yeah. it means that we're much, another trophy, and, right? and, and we're much more likely to have... Arsene you don't want it. And no Honestly, changes. I don't, and and yeah, I, you don't, we need to be aiming hey, higher. Well, you, I don't mind you, Europa League, you I, might be... Well, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll say keep this. it for another year then. I, I've said this the whole time. Europa League to me is... That's 
Champions League promotion, and it's a Euro- uh, European Cup. So it's like, it's kind of a. I'll take it. So I'll take that and Wenger um, for another season. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, so maybe, we'll, maybe that's actually. We've got some. Carabao Cup. We've got some that's more it. questions. That we've got quite a few. So let's um, let's get through these as quick as we can. Um, we've got Laszlo Woodbine. Uh, you think he's lost a dressing room yet? Same as Jose a couple of years back. I don't think he's lost the dressing I room. No. I, I think he's it's just... It's comfortable. Dis- it's a really nice place to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get a massage, you know, pop in, see your mates, play some PlayStation, play the game. You can be out on Saturday night. Nothing's going to happen. You still keep your place in the team. I don't think there's any... And, you know... I think the players... I think, I think the players actually still respect the manager as well. Yeah. And I think, like, you see that with Ozil. Like, you know, Ozil's always a quick one to get his, to, to get his back and... And even players like Jack and stuff like that, I, I do think that there still is that gen, genuine paternal respect for Wenger. And I think, f- personally, for me, that's what always makes that that Wenger in, Wenger out. But is it, it's a not bit more... it, it's not personal respect. It's just that he pays them a lot of money that they no, wouldn't I, get elsewhere. I, I you know? disagree. Like, bite the hand that feeds no, you. I think, I, it's, I, think it's, I think it's a bit like your, a bit like your dad, where you're like, yeah. where you're like, yeah, my dad's a bit clueless, but you know, he's my dad, and I love him. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like. It's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, we've got um, Jass uh, Milk, which is recalling Perez and Campbell from loan to make up for the place left by Walcott and play considerably better. I, I quite liked Perez last year. I, yeah. I, I didn't I did think he well. was... Uh, Joel Campbell is a harder worker. Yeah. I, I, I know. They're, they're both I substandard really like players. Look, look at the level we're at. Perez yeah. and Joel Campbell. Yeah. Oh, makes but, me sad. But I, I felt like Perez was one of those players that, like, he was interesting. And when you think about it, he came in on all those really, really small cup games. And when he actually came on, he looked. Fa- I thought he looked fantastic. He scored goals in almost all of those league cup games. Right. So, I mean, it's the league cup, but so, so we've got um, we've got two more questions that are interesting. We've got what's your opinion on uh, if Ober is coming in, uh, Obama Yang. Uh, is coming in. Uh, will uh, will we move Lacazette to the wing? Uh, I reckon so because we, you know, we're not going to do like a four four two. But what season was it? Was it last season? The season before that we we toyed around with that four four two, and it it actually wasn't bad. <laughs> and then we've got um, uh, we've got we've got one more, and this is for you, Curtis, because you're a music buff. Oh, this guy, I think uh, he's uh, just uh, taking the piss. He's taking the piss out of <laughs> you, but let's answer it anyway. If Wenger had $50 to buy vinyl, what singles uh, would him and his team come away with uh, now? I would say that he wouldn't spend the $50. <laughs> <laughs> he, wouldn't want, he wouldn't want to kill Boom. the CD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, no, it would probably be like Bach or Beethoven, wouldn't it? He's a uh, yeah. classical man. Is he? Yeah. Okay, all right. There was well. that funny video where um uh where Jurgen Klopp and and he uh, Jurgen Klopp says, "Yeah, Wenger's a classical man. I'm more of a metal man myself." Yeah. And I was like, "That's pretty cool. I actually kind of like Klopp." <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like Klopp too. <laughs> so, uh, with that, So, we've got 10 more minutes. So, we got 10 more minutes. Yeah. So, finally, on to Part two of the Arsenal Opinion podcast. We are here to talk about transfers because they're so exciting. <laughs> Just a point on this. There, there was a little trend on Twitter where uh, certain people are like, oh, I hate the transfer window. Fuck off. Yeah. Transfer windows are the best because it's about hope. My, my biggest hope, because obviously the... <laughs> hope for the other club. Yeah. My, my biggest hope is that uh, it's not... Is that these rumours about this particular Dortmund striker are because... We have got a new scout, mm. and he is—he at least 
has got a vision of what the future Arsenal team could look like. He's and he sees uh, a particular Dortmund striker, Obemayang. Obemayang. So, um, so Matt's uh, Matt's refere- referencing um, Guillaume Balaguer and Kike Marin both saying that Arsenal were going to sign him. It's like when a new CCO goes to another agency and steals all of the recruits yeah, from the last yeah. place. Um, so, so let, let's say we've only got ten minutes to talk. Um, first one is uh, Alexis is likely going to United. Mm. Um, quick question for you both: uh, Arsenal are probably going to take a player in exchange. It's uh, Martial. Or Mkhitaryan, uh, Matt, you've got one. You've got a choice of one. Who are you taking? I'd, I'd take Martial mm. because uh, I just thought he was such an exciting player when he came. Uh, he reminded me of a young Thierry Henry. Uh, he's been working under two managers who mm. I don't think improve strikers. And I think, I don't know if Wenger does anymore, but <laughs> I know that Arsenal as a club over the years have been one that has made some of the best strikers around and that's what we used to do so well so I feel that uh, you know Martial is a player that you know could really benefit and he's still so young so he is uh, he he would be my choice yeah okay, with, so without, you're going... without even flinching Martial yeah Martial yeah, really yeah. I, I like him yeah I think I think he's uh, think of who's going to manage him do you think Arsene Wenger can wake him from his slumber <laughs> you sure it's just not Chamberlain in reverse Oh, no, I don't. I no? Think, okay. no, no, because and I'll, so the thing that I always felt with with Chamberlain is, again, he lacked that creativity. Like he was a he was a he's a strong lad. Like he's, you know, he's he's quick. He was strong, but like he wasn't the creative player that you wanted to see. And I think that I, I just I found I, I, I mirror. Man, I'm, I'm agreeing with you too much yeah, today. Yeah. Next week, I'm just going to be like, you know, what? I'm going to intentionally say the opposite to everything you say. But um, uh yeah, I, I like him. I like watching him play for United as well. And, and you know. So I'm going to go with Mkhitaryan um, just to disagree with Be you contrary. both. I'd be happy with both. Draw but I think uh, Mkhitaryan um, has more experience. Uh, he's got a point to prove because mm. he's been he's bit like Jose, I put out in the cold. Yeah, Jose always signs a player for a lot of money that he has to humiliate. Um, it was what like see how yeah, yeah it was kind of like one matter um, at Chelsea. It's Mkhitaryan here. I think he'll have a lot to prove. Um, I know that Arsenal had a massive massive um, hard on for him uh, uh, for Mkhitaryan a few seasons ago mm-hmm. because he's fast. Um, he's creative and he scores goals. If we can rejuvenate um, that sort of form yeah. uh, under Wenger, then I think we've got a really, really good player on our hands. So um, another quick question. Alexis was not going to Manchester United until they offered him loads more money. Is this the same as it was when Robin Van Persie went or are you slightly more at ease? I don't care where he goes. I just want the money. He's yeah. off. It makes no difference to me. Yeah. We've just got to move on. And... Uh, I think the only difference is he won't win anything at Manchester United for a while. I don't think they're, they're, I don't think they're anywhere near winning anything. Uh, so, yeah, let him go to either. Really, yeah. Curtis, I, um, <laughs> I, I think I think United will suit him better actually because we know he's not going to get any playing time at City. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I do think that I, I clearly the the money had a lot to do with it, and I this time we can say, and we talked about that last time as well. This time we're not selling. United the league for twenty million pounds. Uh, my only worry is that I think it's clear that Alexis wants to go to City. Yeah, he sees them as becoming a dominant force in world football, and the concern is whether they all come to an agreement where they go. Actually, 
it suits us better for Alexis to stay till the end of the season and then go on a free to City. Yeah. And, um, and we might be better off just taking... Because I don't think Alexis is going to rush into it signing four years away if it's yeah. four years to a club he doesn't want to go to. Yeah. So if he really wants to go to City, he will end up there. But it just might be for nothing in four months. And, and I think the the influence that he's having on the dressing room at the moment is so negative. We should, we've just got to get rid of him yeah. by, by the 31st of Jan. So, okay, that's cool. We've got uh, six minutes to yeah. go. Cool, we still got six minutes. Yeah. A uh, bit of news. Um, hot off my... Sources, Ooh. my sources, my hot sources. Um, Ozil is probably gonna stay. Yeah. Um, he's with very a new, with a new contract. Well, very unlikely that he's gonna leave um, in January. From what I understand, um, he's not attracting the the interest that he wants from elsewhere. I know mm. that there are rumblings about United, but whether they want to invest big in, in another player um, yeah. is up for debate. Also. Um, he loves London, mm-hmm. and he'll run his contract down, and then Arsenal will come in, and they'll look at what it costs to replace an Ozil, and Isn't they'll just give him 20 million euros. rents in London, though? He doesn't own a home in London. He just rents it, from what I understand. I wouldn't surprise him. Balak. Uh, yeah? Do you remember when Balak came over, and he was on 140 grand a week, and he said <laughs> he couldn't afford anywhere in London? <laughs> Jokers. Um, so, but I'm happy with that. I, I, think that, I think that Ozil's the of the two... Even when you think about the personality on and off the pitch, I feel like he he's always been like people can say he's lazy, but I think that like his his overall personality he doesn't bring out negativity like Sanchez does. And I'm not knocking Sanchez. I I've loved having him uh, an Arsenal player. He's been the most exciting Arsenal player in Since a long time. Me, yeah. yeah. So and I think um, yeah, no, I, I I agree. I'd be sad to see him go, but I would prefer him to go to Manchester United because at least he won't win a league. Yeah. And then um, uh, two more talking points. Yeah. Um, I was doing a little bit of uh, research into like how other clubs work. The contract situation is ridiculous. Um, Arsenal should have offered um, Sanchez and Özil two hundred grand a week two years ago when they were both asking for more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's foresight by the CEO for me. He knew that more money was coming. Mm-hmm. He knew that um, that we could afford to pay 200 grand a week and yeah. we missed the boat and now we're in the situation we're in now. And I was also reading into how other clubs do it. So Daniel Levy mm-hmm. um, offered Deli Ali a seven-year deal on 60 grand a week before he like hit it big time he signed on oh. they also offered <laughs> harry kane a 100 grand a week deal for 6 years right. and he signed on and then the additional bit that clever clubs do is um, you have an uh, 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 you give them an uh, uh, you pay them extra to have an extra year um, clause in their contract so if the club choose they can extend the player's contract and you'll remember this clause because johan juru did that to Arsenal. Mm. So if we'd had that, that extra year, you give them the extra year, then you sell them okay. if they want to go. The one, yeah. the one thing I'll say about all of this is, uh, and I agree with everything, one, there's a difference between offering players that have come through an academy or bought very cheaply yeah. 60 grand, because that's a huge difference for them, and they'll jump at it because they're being so vastly underpaid. So why would you not do it? And the risk is so low. The difference is when you're moving someone's contract from 100 to 200. Yeah, it's 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 a complete it's a world of difference. The other thing is we were complaining about, like, well, I wasn't complaining, but people were complaining about Cockerland and the way that went down and the way yeah. we gave them money, and that's all we were doing was protecting the investment, extending the contracts, mm-hmm. and people were complaining about it. So you can't have it either way. You've got to keep. There's a fine line between keeping players hungry and giving them what they need. And I think, and and I'm not saying that this hasn't been woefully mismanaged, 
because it has, but it's not as simple as following a cookie cutter template from the likes of Daniel Levy. But, but isn't uh, isn't the issue that everyone's taking with Coughlin that we signed him down to a new deal and then only got ten million off the back of him mm. in a market that's seeing Bentaleb move for eighteen and a half? Mm. I think that's more the the issue. And you, like, and it's not like uh, you weren't taking a gamble on Urza and Sanchez. Yeah, oh, no, like two hundred grand a week was not a gamble. They're yeah. big name players. So yeah. It's not like uh, giving Aaron Ramsey a two hundred grand a week contract or giving Jack Wilshire a hundred and fifty grand contract is a gamble. And the worst part about this whole thing about gambling on players that might not be worth it is Theo Walcott has had three contracts with us. Well, yeah. we've just gone. All right, mate. Now, whatever <laughs> you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. Um, right. And then um, the final point before we leave this. Uh, Chamberlain and the Invincibles. So on the one hand, the weekend got worse because Chamberlain scored a goal and made an assist (laughs) against Manchester City and Liverpool registered a historic first win over Manchester City. But on the other side, the only joy of the weekend is that the Invincibles is still us. Yes. 49, 49, I say. 49, 49, undefeated. Playing football the Arsenal way. There we go. Wonderful. That's a good way to end. Ending. What a great way. Because that was the last big away game other than them coming to play us that they had. And we needed them to lose that. Otherwise, our our record was in doubt. So we are still the one and only Invincibles. Yeah, that's the the silver lining out of this week. And it's a great way to... uh, End the show. Yeah. um, I just want to say a massive thank you um, to Curtis for hosting us in his beautiful home. Um, Look at all the Arsenal books he's got. Wow. So good. Uh, I want to say a thanks to uh, Matt for just being here all the time. Uh, And I want to say thank you to all the people watching on Facebook Live and asking questions. We're going to try and make this a regular thing. This is the Arsenal version of the Sunday Supplement moving forward. And with that, um, I will say goodbye. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.